Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Yo, no, before it was, huh? as in the earth and before and every herb, herb of the field, but before it grew, but for the Lord God had not, not caused it to rain upon the earth. And, and there was not a mantle on the ground, but there, but there went up a mist from, from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord, and the Lord God formed men of of the dust and and of, of 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 the ground um, and breathe in into his nostrils the means of life the breath the breath of life and man and became a living soul speak up Keep reading. And the Lord God on planted a garden in east way hard and from e e Eden. Eden. And and, and, and he put, put the man whom for he had formed and and out of the ground made did the Lord God go at every site tree. That was pleasant to every sight. Good for the food in the tree of life. If in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and a river went known of Eden. And to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and became into four heads. Speak a little louder. Do I have to? Uh, Connor can Connor can help her while she takes a break. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Danica. Okay. I just tried. You did well. Start with verse eleven. Well, Eleven. The name of the boss is Pison. Very good. What that is, it which collapsed 
the whole land of Havila, where the hill is gold. Gen you have to read that. Twelve and the gold on the, that land is good. There is bound ocean and the ox stone. Thirteen and the name of the second river is Jihan. The same is it collapses the whole land of Ethiopia. 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 Don't say the number. And the name of the third river is Hedikel. That is it, which Gopher told the east of Assyria. Assyria. And the fourth river is Infantis. Euphrates. Euphrates. And the world God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden address it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden boundness will really eat but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in all the day that thou eat for, for, for shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And get and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast on the field and every flower fowl of the air and brought them upon Adam to see what he would call them, and what so what silver Adam called every living creature then was the name Tolo, and Adam gave names to our cat into mm -hmm. the bowel of the air and to every beast of the air. The field, but the, for Adam, there was not found in help me for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead of the towel. And the rib which his Lord God had taken from man made him a woman and brought her upon the man. And Adam said, This is now, my, now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Telephone shall a man leave his father and his mother. He shall grieve upon his wife and they shall be one flesh. Okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna read chapter three as well when we get there, so we can split that up. Man and his wife were not ashamed. Amen.
Oh, no, it's, it's, you skipped a part. Shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I did say that. And they were both naked. I yes, that. that was okay. read. Okay. I read that. Okay, okay sorry. So can, can we get Danica back to start us in chapter three? Okay. Chapter three. Okay. Now Zerpin was more subtle than any beast of the field of which Lord God made. And he he said unto the woman, Yeah, has God had some. And we shall not eat of every tree in this garden. Little ladder. Can I read that again? Sure. Okay. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Lord God had made. And he said to the unto woman, Me hath, hath God said, and ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman, oops. Yes, that's right. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat the other garden, but the other garden, but the fruit, okay. but the fruit, fruit of the tree, which was mirrorless, and so the garden, God hath said, such. Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Ye lest ye die. And the woman separate said, and unto start again. And the and the separate said unto the woman, Ye shall not not surely die. For God doth, you know, know more that that in the day we 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 fear off, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall shall be me as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that that, that the tree was good for the food. And it was pleasant for the eyes. The tree to the tree to be desired to make make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it to her. And, and gave and also also unto her husband and with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew what they were naked, and they and they stood sewed, sewed big leaves, and made themselves in tongues. And her and they heard the voice of of the Lord God walking in the garden and in the cool of the day and, and um 
him and his wife to save themselves from presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And Lord God would pull him unto Adam and, and unto him. And where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he, he, and he said, Who told me that, that thou wast naked? And hast thou eaten by tree? Where off come commanded and he that shall not eat and man and said to the woman and he gave me the tree and I did eat and the Lord God said unto the woman and what is this that thou hast done and and the woman said, and the serpent be beguiled me. Beguiled me. Beguiled me. And I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou, thou hast done this, thou art cursed, just above the cattle, all cattle, and, and above every baby you can look this up if you I don't. Okay. Can I? Okay. Connor's going to continue reading. Upon the belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of their life. And I will put every journey between the woman and between day. Seed and whole seed, it shall bruise, bruise, bruise the head, and thou shalt bruise his heel upon the woman. He said, I will greatly multiply the shawl, shawl, and the conception, and like conception, the conception, and shawl, who shall bring both children, and they, the first shall to be the husband. And, he shall rule over free. And upon Adam, he said, because thou has uh, uh, he need upon the vice of their life and has eaten on the tree of which I command thee, saying thou shalt not eat of it, because is the ground from the snake, and so shall we eat of it. All the days of their life, bonds also and thistles shall shall it bring forth on free, and those shall eat the whole of the field. In the sweat of their face shall thou eat bread till thou return upon the ground, for out of it was thou taken. The dust for dust thou art. And upon the shout return. And Adam called his wife name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Mm -hmm. Until Adam also 
also in a hit to him last did the Lord make coats for skin and clothe them. And the Lord said, Behold, the man is coming as one of us to know good and evil. And now let's put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live live forever. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to to that tell the garden from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed out at the east of the garden of Eden shield, ribbon, and a flaming sword, which torn they every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was very good. That was very good. Excellent. Excellent. So I want us to discuss these two things. I know those, these two chapters, I know um, most of us have studied this before, but there are certain things that stood out to me. Did you notice what God told the serpent? If you read that again, you will see where it's God told the serpent what the serpent would eat for the rest of its life. What was that? Dust. Dust, correct. Now, can you tell me what God made the man from? I think Danica read that for us. He told us what God made the man from. What did God make the man from? Dust, I think. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. Excellent. Now, we know that the serpent is the devil. He's the evil genius behind all the wickedness in the world. And he gets pleasure and he gets his energy from all the suffering that happens to human beings. So when people are sick, when they're angry and can't control themselves, when they have a mental problem, all that is the work of the devil, the snake, the serpent, the spiritual snake now, not the regular snakes you see outside, okay? But the serpent is the devil and he is eating people spiritually. Do you understand that? Does everybody understand that? Yes. Okay. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me, okay? Anything you've read so far and you have a question about that, ask anybody here, ask me, and anybody here is free to contribute you know, and clarify. So you and I are descendants of Adam and Adam was made from the dust of the earth. And because he sinned against God, he got cut off from the presence of God. But the serpent, the spiritual serp serpent, Satan, who caused it, was told that from now on, he would only be able to derive energy which is what you get from food 
by eating dust. But we know that snakes don't go around eating dust. So this has got to be a spiritual dust, a human being. Okay? So when you see people who are sick, sometimes, or probably most of the time, it's because there's a spirit that is taking life from them. And a lot of these spirits, they come through what are called mediums, M-E-D-I-U-M-S. Do you know what a medium is? Can't see your head shake. Say it louder. Okay. No. Do you have a television at home? I um, used to like watch YouTube and play games. Um, like, okay. Okay, good. Very good. Those are what we call mediums, okay? okay? So sometimes God will use those things to talk to you, but most of the time, Satan will use those things to talk to you. But he doesn't come saying, ho, 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 he, 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 I am Satan. You've heard about me. No, he comes sometimes as a character in a video game. Mm. And while kids are watching the video game, playing the video game, they're innocent, not knowing that that character has taken on a particular form and now comes to meet them sometimes while they're asleep and dreaming. That same character from the video game will come. Has that ever happened to any of you? Have you ever seen any no. of your video game characters in your dreams? I actually saw like, someone. I didn't notice them at first, but when I looked closer, I noticed it was my brother's character on Fortnite. Sorry, I can't hear you. Can you speak louder? Yeah. So can you get to hold the microphone? Say it. Say it again. So I actually dreamed about how, how what some character coming close to me I didn't notice them at first but when when they got closer I noticed that it was my brother's character on Fortnite okay good now your your brother's character is just a cartoon just a just a drawing it's just an electronic image okay but sometimes Satan will shape himself it's like a a, a, a shapeshifter. He'll shift his shape to resemble one of the characters in your game and come to you. Sometimes he will actually come to you during the game. Okay? So we have to be really careful with these things we call games or television. The same thing also applies to adults. Sometimes adults watch um, um, dramas. Maybe there's a drama about, um, I don't know, some, some lady who um, she, lost, she lost her boyfriend. Her boyfriend left her for another girl, okay? And she decides, oh, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to kill myself, okay? And sometimes an adult will be watching that and say to themselves, mm, that sounds like a pretty good idea things are so bad in life, I might as well kill myself like that person, okay? I know that sounds outrageous, but I'm just trying to give you an example of how TV 
and video games and all these things can act as medium to influence people, not just children, but also adults, okay? So how do we protect ourselves from these mediums and these things? Can anybody give me an example of one way to protect ourselves from these things? Prayer. Absolutely, that's one example. Danica said what, uh, she didn't understand how prayer could protect her from that. Well, for one thing, you can pray to God and ask him to take these images and pictures of your mind away. They're frightening you, they're not good. You want to think of only good things and ask the Lord to come into your life and to give you a better understanding of the world so that you could be happy and a child and not have to function almost like an adult. You can ask the Lord to take it away, uh, not allow it to come back to you. And if you're sincere in your prayer, he will do that. But the one thing that he wants from you is your love, your love of God. Answer your question, Danica. I am still confused. Do you know how to pray? Yes. Okay. Well, you you pray just like you talk to your grandmother. You say you're hungry. You would like something to eat. Do you usually say, Mimi? I'm, I'm hungry, can you feed me? And if you say it nicely and you're really sincere and she fixes it for you, she does that because she loves you. Same way about speaking to God. You cannot see him, but you can feel him. When he blows the wind, you cannot see the wind but you feel it blow in your hair and your face. You see the sunshine in your face and on your back. You know that came from God. So you know he's real. He is there in spirit and in truth. He's with us all the time. You can make friends with him. And you, I used to go outside as a child and look up at the sun. And I spoke to God. I would say, good afternoon, God. I thanked you for protecting me during the night, but I didn't say good morning. Thank you for being there and loving me. That's how you speak to him. You can ask him anything and he will in your dreams or in your spirits give you the answer. And it does not matter that you're a child, he will do it so that you can understand. Okay, let, 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 me, let me teach you how to pray. Okay, is Connor there? Yes. Okay, Connor and Danica, um, I know most of the, all the adults already know how to pray. I'm gonna teach you how to pray right now. And after I've done that, this is what I want you to do the next time it's raining. You hear me? The yeah. next time it's raining, okay, I want you to go 
to your window and I want you to, I'm going to tell you what you're going to say to God and you're going to stop the rain. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray with you now. I'm going to show you how to pray now that after that next time, maybe when you go back to New York and it's raining, remember what I said. And I want you to go outside and I want you to pray and stop the rain. The rain's going to stop. Okay? okay. Now, remember, remember not to do that all the time because God's not going to be happy if you do it for fun. Okay? okay. All right. So you just go, just do it to go, go practice your Jesus, your Jesus power. Okay. Go, you go practice it. Okay. All right. So let's pray. Everybody, are you ready? I want you to say exactly what I say. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I need everybody to say this. I thank you. I thank you. For your love. For your love. And your kindness. And your kindness. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. For everything I've done. For everything I've done. That you do not like. That you do not like. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. And I say with my mouth. And I say with my mouth. That Jesus died for me. That Jesus died for me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart and into my mind and into my mind and make me a new person and make me a new person. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Give me your power. Give me your power that I might be able to do good. That I might be able to do good. And to bring life to people. And to bring life to people. I reject Satan. I reject Satan. And I destroy his power. And I destroy his power. Over my life. Over my life. I am free. 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 Free. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, everyone who prayed that prayer, you just received the special power from God that comes through Jesus Christ. Right now, Jesus Christ lives inside of you and the one way you can do the experiment is next time you go to New York, when you go back home, wherever you are from, if you're from Texas, when you get to Texas, if you're from New York, when you get to New York, don't forget when it starts to rain. I don't care if it's at night or in the daytime and you remember what you pray today, go out there and say to the rain, I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. 
Now, listen, it might stop for five minutes and start again, but it will stop. Danica, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I Connor, can. can you hear me? Uh, excellent. Now, what will you do with your life if you go out and see you now have that kind of power? Don't use it a lot because you might get God angry. Very good. Very good. You will use it to help people when you, like if you see a car accident or you see a kid being bullied in school, you can now open your mouth and pray and say, God, protect that kid from being bullied in the name of Jesus. And guess what? The bullies around the kid, they'll just melt away. They won't even know why they just melted away. This is some awesome power, guys. Real <laughs> power. Okay? Say what you this think. is some real power. Don't, don't misuse it now. Don't, don't use it like, oh, God, I want to eat cake today. And I don't care whether my mom says I shouldn't eat cake. I command cake to come in Jesus' name. Don't do that. You're going to make him mad. Always use it for good. Okay? Amen. Always use it for good. Amen. said, wow, when you said that you could tell the bullies. Of course. I feel like, wow. I remember when I first started this and I, I went outside and I talked to the rain and all of a sudden I could see the clouds just hanging like they were like a rooftop or something. They just hung there. It was like, this thing's for real. Okay? But as time goes on, God goes like, okay, kid, you know I'm real. Okay, so let's stop playing games. Go out there and tell people about Jesus. Okay, that's the most important thing to me. And that's what I've been doing since I was a kid. Okay? That's what I've been doing since I was a kid. All right? So I'm going to hand over now to Dr. K or Sister Belle. If you guys have something you want us to talk about, okay? I I know Liz had something she wanted us to talk about. She had posted it in the group. I don't have anything. Okay, Sister Liz. Oh, I I was just responding to something, which I think it kind of is what you're talking about, because I. I think sometimes people, I always think about it very seriously and I, and I say something to people that I think people get very involved in thinking that serving God is to look at everybody else and see what they're doing wrong rather than to look at yourself and see what you're doing right. And I think what I was saying was most of us don't have enough time to do what we need to do right every day. We don't really have time to look at other people to see what they're doing wrong. And for me, I work with people who've gotten themselves in a lot of trouble. And it's been a life work to learn how to tell them what you said this morning. If you look to God and you look to Jesus, and you begin to live that, you're going to live a better life. It's not up to me to tell you, you're a rotten person, you should do something or you shouldn't do something, because that's not my job. And I think people 
hear these prayers and hear these lessons and and get to know Jesus, they're going to know on their own what to change in their life, to live a better life. And um, even for myself, it's very hard to say, you know, I love you and God loves you and um, Jesus certainly loves you. And if when you find a better way to live, you're going to find a happier life than to say, you know what, you do stupid things. And if you stop doing stupid things, you'd be, you'd have a better life because it's a different message. And, you know, um, that was all I was saying is I think we all have to guard ourselves. Do not tell somebody else what to do. You know, not to tell somebody else, well, I'm better than you and I know what the rules are. You're you're not a good person. And rather to tell them, you know, Jesus loves you. And if you get to know Jesus, you're going to have a better life. You're going to be a better person. You're going to serve God in a better way. Um, help them just say, say those prayers every day. And, you know, sometimes people think it's very strange that I pray every day. But if I don't pray every day, my day doesn't run as smooth. And and I thank God for the morning and, you know, get up in the morning. And how many of us remember to get up in the morning and just look at this beautiful world and say, wow, look at that sunrise. And how many of us forget at night to look at the stars. Instead, we're always worrying about something we always have something we're worrying about and when we learn to give all those worries over in our own life we're going to make the world a better place and that's all I was saying was most of us are so 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 much we're much happier to tell other people what's wrong with them than to look at ourselves and say what do I know what do I need to do more right today that was my thought and in Acts, you had asked me to read Acts. I felt like the biggest message of Acts was is that God created us all and we are equal. And and um, when the big, when the, they said it was like a canvas in my Bible, but when the thing came down from heaven, it contained all the animals and creatures and everything of the whole world. And the message was that they are all equal. And I think that's something that we all need to learn is, um, and it's a hard lesson that everything and everyone is equal and created by God and we need to love them equally. If God loves them all equally and Jesus accepts and helps them all equally, then we certainly should accept everyone equally as, um, you know, they talk about the pure and the impure, and it, there really is no impure. That's not that's not our job is to decide what's impure. So that was my thought. Okay, why don't we look at Acts chapter ten that you're actually referring to? Okay. We don't have to read the whole thing, but let's read it up to the part where the angel comes and speaks to him. 
Amen. Chapter, chapter 10 in Acts. Acts chapter 10, where, yeah, from verse 1 to, to the last thing the angel says. By the way, the children okay. can leave now. They don't, they don't have to continue, okay? Unless they want to, but the children can leave now. Just finish your food. Take the ball with them. Okay, do you want me to read? Yes, please. Amen. Amen. There, was a, Amen. there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with, the, with one Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtst to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius... No, that we can stop there. Thank you. We want to stop at what the angel said. Okay. The angel said, you're a good guy. You know, you've been doing lots of good things. You've been helping the poor. And God has seen all you're doing. But now, send for a guy called Simon Peter. He will tell you what you ought to do. Now, this was a good guy. This wasn't some bad guy. This was a good guy. So the doctrine of not judging others is not scriptural. When the Bible says don't judge, the Bible is referring to using my standards as a measure for other people. When I use God's standards to judge you, you also can use God's standards to judge, guess who? Me. Amen? Amen. So, there is nothing wrong with judging as long as you're judging people based on the standards that God has placed. Some people don't know what they ought to do. Amen. Yes. And if you leave them to make their own decisions, they will be doing that which they ought not do. So the reason I asked you to study Acts 10 was so you could see a good guy. The Bible describes him as a wonderful man, but that there was something he lacked and he needed to send for someone. And don't even ask yourself, how come 
the angel himself couldn't tell Cornelius what he needed to do? When you read it, you see Cornelius shows up at the house. And what does Peter tell him? It says, repent and believe in Jesus Christ. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say to him, you know, keep being a good guy. You know, I can't judge you. If you believe in Zeus, you know, that's your choice. You know, if you believe in Walden, well, you know, different folks, different strokes of different folks. No, he told Cornelius, repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And not only you, but your household shall be saved. The gospel of Jesus Christ takes a stand. It isn't a neutral gospel. We are the judgment of this world. You, by being a Christian, you are the judgment to all mankind. That you and I, as, as I don't want to use the word useless, but as, um, uh, <laughs> somebody help me. I don't want to curse God's own creation. But you know what I mean. As whatever we are, as, as bad as we are, God uses you and I as an example of the truth of his word, that if I can forgive Liz, why can't I forgive you? That's what God is saying. You with me now, everybody? Yes. You as God is using you as bad as you are to win people to himself because he's using you as bad as you are and as bad as I am to let people know that if I can forgive Mike, if I can forgive a belly, if I can forgive Liz, if they can have peace with me as bad as they are, not just where we still are, what can I do with you? A good guy, Cornelius. There are many people out there that are better than you and I in their character, in their words, in their conduct, but they're still going to die and be lost in eternal damnation simply because they refuse to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And you and I do not have the option to decide not to tell them what the word of God says. The word of God says, there is no salvation in any other name. Look, please, let's turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Amen. Amen. Uh, can we read it in Sister Liz's version? She always has a nice version. Chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Chapter 4, number 12. Amen. Amen. There is no Amen. salvation in anyone else, but there is no other name in the whole world given to men by which they are to be saved. Is that what you wanted me to read? Sorry, yeah. I didn't. Sorry, I don't know whether it was my phone, but I didn't I didn't hear anything. Sorry, oh, could you read again no louder, please? There is no salvation in anyone else, for there is no other name by the whole world given to men by which we are to be saved. Now, that is as clear <laughs> as breakfast. Okay? 
it says there is no other name by which uh, given to men by which we are to be saved. Now the question is this, do you believe this or do you believe Oprah Winfrey? Because that's what we have. We have the doctrine of people like Oprah have saturated the minds of people. Let every man feel, feel yes, of course there's freedom to choose what you want to choose, but not with God. God says, no, uh, 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 uh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Amen. Here it says, there is no name given to men by which we might be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. So, we can see Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. I mean, come on. This guy, think how good a guy had to have been for God to send him his own personal angel. <laughs> okay. The guy wasn't even an Israelite. Okay. He was a European. And he was doing good. And the angel came and says, God has seen all the good you've been doing. But send for a man called Peter. The same Peter who denied Jesus after seeing all Jesus' miracles. <laughs> he will tell you what you ought to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Sister Liz, sorry for putting you on the spot, but you know... God has brought me in a situation where I have no choice. I got to do, <laughs> I have to do this job. You know, they say, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think, I, Mike, Brother Mike, I think that yeah. there's a yes. big difference between telling somebody how they should live, what they should do, what they ought to do. There's a difference between that and judging that when we're teaching it's like job got in trouble because he prayed for his children but he never corrected them he never told them what they ought to be doing very good so that's a difference if you told somebody what they ought to be doing and then they choose not to do what they should that's on them it's just on us to let them know this is what you should do Yes, and that's why I said judging is when I use my lifestyle mm -hmm. to determine whether you are living up to God's expectations. Amen? Amen. So the Apostle Amen. Paul said, listen, one person believes he can eat any kind of food. Another person is a vegetarian. Let not he that eats judge he that doesn't eat and let not he that doesn't eat judge he that eats for who are you to judge another man's servant to his own master he shall fall or stand you all remember that don't you yes, yes. very good 
But when I go to someone who's not a Christian and I say to him, hey, brother or a woman, hey, sister, I see that, you know, you're a very nice person. You're very friendly. And, you know, I see you at the office and all that. I want to tell you about Jesus. And if you believe in him and you put your trust in him, I guarantee you, you will have eternal salvation and you will never perish. Now, that to the operates is judging. How do you know your quote, religion is correct? Okay, so don't judge. She's a, she's a whatever. And you're a whatever. No, there's only two religions in the world the true and the false. There ain't any in between. Okay, so you are not giving that woman your word, your experience, you're, you're giving her the word of God. You're saying to her, this is what God says. And she's saying you're judging her. You're not judging her. God is judging her because he's given, Jesus said, they would not have had sin had I not come into the world and spoken the words I spoke to them. But now they have no cover for their sin. So when the Bible talks about judge not, lest thou be judged, it's talking about using your own standards to determine somebody else's standards. For example, I'm a Christian and I believe in praying in tongues. Other Christians go, look, Mike, this tongues thing, it happened when people in those days were, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and all that, right? But guess what? I can't force them to speak in tongues and say you're not a Christian because you're not speaking in tongues. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says if you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Now, over time, they might see things my way or I might see things their way. If I start determining that you're not a Christian because you don't speak in tongues, what am I doing? I'm judging. Based on your own standards. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's what I was saying is we, we do not have the right. God doesn't give us the ability. He doesn't give us the right to go judging people. God judges people. And he gave us Jesus to help us to deal, to help us, not to help somebody else. And we can pray for somebody else and we see miracles with other people if we pray with them and for them. But to go up to someone and tell them, you're a rotten person, I, I just don't see that. I don't see God telling us that. It's not our business to tell them they're a rotten person. And it's certainly not our business to you know, do things against them. Hey, I can tell them, hey, look, you're a rotten guy, just like me. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as I add the just like me part, right? The point is, it's not, it's not about feelings. It's not about offending or not offending people. Well, the gospel is, about, sorry, go ahead. I'm talking about 
people who throw stones at somebody and hurt them or beat them up or kill them. And I mean, I'm going to take this example because it's recently been in the paper. Little girls who were going to school on the bus who got raped by men. And then the men sued sued the families of the girls because they shouldn't have been on the bus. You know, that is, that is because women should be at home wearing these clothes all over them to protect them from from tempting men. That That is not what God told us to do. And I'm not yes, talking yeah, about but, saying... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, true, but but we're talking about saying, we're talking about we're talking about being a Christian. These men obviously were not Christians, okay? We're, what we're talking about when we when we when we when we're talking when we're sharing the word, we're talking about yes. What I'm so, saying is that there. Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm talking about people who say they're Christians, and how many people say they are Christians? Oh, but they they get together and somebody somebody just say comes into church and they're there oh we don't talk to them because blah 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 because somebody's been gossiping you know that's not our job if they're doing something and they're coming to church and they're trying to yeah learn but, the but what is this blast hold on sorry i don't sorry to keep interrupting you but i want everyone to learn that's why i'm interrupting you this blah 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 what if this person is coming to church but says I don't really believe that Jesus died. Now, am I supposed to quote not judge that person? Yes. Okay, now you now, <laughs> now we're clear. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pause you and let the others deal with this. I could say to them, well, I do believe in Jesus and I think that it's um, given me the strength and the courage to do a job, most people will go, oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, that's horrible. Um, and I think that it's given me the courage to stand up for people that other people bully and hurt and harm. And, you know, right now they're processing people who, all these people have spent years and years and years in prison because they smoked a marijuana cigarette where they were with a guy who smoked a marijuana cigarette. And all these years, they've suffered in prison. And, you know, that's not okay. We, we need to fix that. But the people, to me, who need to be fixed are the people who put people in prison for anything. You know, if we, if we say, oh, I'm judging people and I'm going to put them in prison and do these things, we need to figure out a better way because prison isn't helping anybody. It's like a school for criminals. But I mean, you know, I just say what I'm saying is that it bothers me when Christians pick out one thing or two things or how many things, and then they're going to tell us what Jesus and God are going to do to people who do those things. We don't know. Maybe they'll go up to God and go, wow, my life was really ruined. And, you know, I, I see now that I ruined it. It was my fault. I, I did these things and it ruined my life. And Jesus and God will say, oh, okay, I forgive you. And maybe some of us are going to go there and go, I read the Bible every day and I I told everybody everything of everything that they were doing wrong with God because this is what God wants and God's going to say, well, you know what? You're a little self-righteous. Maybe you need to go sit in the corner and think about it a bit. 
Okay, look at let's look at look at the book of Titus chapter chapter three verse twenty. But I okay, didn't I didn't hear it. Titus, Titus chapter, chapter three, three verse ten. What is that? I still Titus, I still hear. This chapter three some, verse ten verse ten. What's the book? Titus. Titus. Oh, okay, because I couldn't hear that. Titus chapter 3, verse 10. Amen. My pages are stuck together. You want what? it read? Titus chapter 3, verse 10. Yes. 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 Can, can, Liz, can Liz read that for us, please? I can't find it. It's, it's after Timothy. It's, just it's, it's after it's after after Timothy, I think, or before. It's after yeah. Timothy, and it's just before Hebrews. My Bible, the pages were stuck together because Philemon is only two pages long. My Bible, and Titus is okay. only three pages long. Right. Uh, Titus chapter what? Three. Three. Titus three. Verse 10? Yes. Yes. Warn a heretic once and then a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. See, I, I think that is totally out of, out of context with Acts. Acts says, don't be judging. God, God does the judging, not you. But to me, if I have to tell somebody, if I have to tell somebody 400 times, and maybe like a teenager can't go out and tell somebody, oh, you shouldn't drink and take drugs. But an adult who works with young people and maybe has people that they work with that have gotten themselves in a lot of trouble. I, I just am working on a project with a lot of people who spent a lot of time in prison working with young people on first offenders to tell them, you know what? This is not the route you want to take. But it's not for me to yeah, tell well, them. Sister Liz, can, I, Sister Liz. can I say something, Brother Mike? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, back to the first question. The first question was, example that you gave was, a person comes to church and is coming every week, and they say that they don't believe that Jesus died. That I, I believe that our job is to I, go, I, to I, scripture, I, go to, go to I, the scripture, go to the scripture. The, the, our job is to say, okay, let's go to the scripture and see what does the scripture say about this. Um, do you okay. believe that, that the Bible is the word? Wait, wait, please. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God? Because when people come to fellowship, they're there to learn about the word of God. What does the word say? Not what I feel, not what I think. But what does the word have to say about it? Because the only way for a person to get, to, get, to get a word from God is to take them to the word. And then, they can, then you can encourage them to go home afterwards and look at it and ask God about it. So that is what we're admonished to do, that we're not talking about... Um, all of the wicked and evil things that the people do in the world we're talking about in church in fellowship that teaching 
what is the word of God? That's it. It's not judging to teach the word of God. That's no, it. No, and I said that. I said if a person comes to church and the gossips are all gossiping, that is not giving a good example of what Christian and Christianity is about. That's true because the okay. Bible we're not to gossip. I mean, okay, Jesus, so now remember what I said. There's two different things here. Like the men, you gave the example who rapes somebody. Remember, I said, look, these are not Christians, so we're not talking about them. I talked, but I said, were... no, so we're not people. The world is the world. So if there are people in the world and they don't believe in Jesus and all that, sure, you try to convince them 400 times, yes. What the Bible is referring to here, it says a heretic. This is somebody who's a believer, but all of a sudden is beginning to teach something that is anti-Christ. And the reason that might be is because they didn't have a good foundation or whatever it might be. But you have read the word of God this evening or morning as your time is. And the word of God has said to you, a man that is a heretic, after you have punished him a couple of times, he says, if he continues, no longer have anything to do with that person. It's not, it's not a choice, you know, that I make. It's a command from the Lord. Now, the man he's referring to there is not an unbeliever, not somebody who doesn't know Jesus. He's referring to somebody who once knew Jesus, has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but all of a sudden has this crazy idea that Jesus didn't die. Okay, and I go to him and say, brother, what are you teaching? What are you talking? What's the purpose of our faith if Jesus never died? And he goes, no, 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 no. An angel showed me that Jesus didn't really die or whatever his reasons are. The Bible says I should cut such a person out of my life. I shouldn't have fellowship with such a person. Okay, it's going to affect me somehow spiritually. I've got to move on. And I'll move on. And that's what you ought to do. You ought to move on. You cannot move with darkness and light at the same time. And if you're not sure, then you talk to God in the privacy of your own home. Say, look at what we discussed today in fellowship. I have a problem with that, Lord. Make me understand more clearly what I ought to understand about this. Because I heard what Mike was saying. He's telling me that someone's a Christian and the person begins to teach heresy or believe heresy. I should have nothing to do with such a person as far as church is concerned. Is that correct? And God is able to make that known to you. So yeah, let's I think be that, clear on that. Yeah, I think that. I, I, I think we're talking about, you know, apples and car tires. I didn't say that. I, I think we're not even talking about the same thing. It's, you know, because I wasn't talking about heretics. I was talking about when people do something that harms their own life, it's not up to us to judge them. It's up to us to say, I love you, Jesus loves you, God loves you. And, if, you know, and pray for them, pray with them. And if they find the pathway and help their life, well, that's great. But if they don't, I'm certainly not going to hang around with them in their misery. But but I still, but I don't think it's okay for me to go, oh, well, I told them twice, now I can just be mean to them and do whatever. 
And and the part, you know, like the thing, those were Christians on that bus because their law says by Christian law that young girls cannot be out of the house without, you know, without their brother or their father or whatever. And if they are, they're just out there looking for it. And, you know, that's not okay. I don't I don't see anywhere that Jesus told us. Go okay, look, okay. look at, you want, you want somewhere Jesus told us? Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Let's see somewhere Jesus told us. No, I'm Romans, Roman, Romans chapter 8, verse 13. He's talking about <laughs> unbelievers, though. That's the thing. I, the, 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 what I'm saying, because Jesus did not ever, you cannot show me a place where Jesus said, go out and harm other people because they don't believe what you believe. No, obviously, obviously, obviously not. You're correct on that. Nobody's, nobody's arguing that. We're arguing, we're arguing whether Jesus, we're arguing whether the word says, whether the word tells you, if you keep doing this, you will die. Okay, so turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Amen. 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 Shall I read? Yes, mom. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Amen. Now, Sister Liz, imagine you sitting across from another Christian who's doing something that the word of God says he or she shouldn't do. And you've read this and God has told you that this person will die. And when he says die, it doesn't just mean die physically. Everybody's going to die physically. He says, if you keep doing this, you will die. But you decide you're not going to say anything because you don't want to, quote, judge the person. Is that what you are saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. So you will correct the person and tell the person, if you keep doing this, you shall die. Yes. That, that's exactly what we've been saying. That's exactly but, what we've been saying. The part, the part that bothers me is when Christians get together and decide if a person does something, then we give ourselves permission to punish them. But God never gave us permission to punish them. God never gave us any permission for anything. You're one hundred. You're one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent correct on that. And Jesus Himself, right. when He was here, and a woman was caught in adultery, and people were and about to stone you, her. He said, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Jesus told us, you can tell her, and he did tell her, you know, find a few less husbands. I mean, you know, he, you can tell somebody something, but you have no right to, to and you can tell them, you know, I'm praying for you. You can pray for them with Jesus. And, and I have, I prayed with people. I've prayed with people I met in the parking lot of the store six months later. I see them, they're cleaned up, they're not taking drugs, and they come running up and say, oh, I want to thank you. Thank me for what I prayed with them for a minute or two minutes. I didn't do anything. God did it, Jesus did it, they did it themselves. I didn't do anything but pray with them. 
And that's what I'm saying is we can pray with people. We can, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're not open to something, but we still, I mean, one lady, one lady told me straight out, she, she's an atheist. She doesn't believe in God and whatever. And I said, well, I'm still going to pray for you. And we prayed and we prayed together, even though she's an atheist and she doesn't believe in it. And, you know, she changed her life. And, you know, she, she reads the Bible and she believes and she has changed her life and she has gotten off the street and stopped taking drugs. And I didn't do any of that. I just, I just helped her open the door that maybe there's somebody like Jesus and somebody like God that can help you live a better life than the one you're living. Because, you know, I mean, I said to her, ladies don't belong living out on the street. I mean, it's, it's dangerous and it's not okay. And if you need to look at the reality of your life, and I don't know what she thought she was, like, you know, like a person just out happy and free, but she wasn't happy and free. She was a homeless person using drugs. And <laughs> but but when people say, you know, when people say, oh, well, we don't we don't talk to those kind of people. We don't want those kind of people. We, they're wrong or whatever. Then that bothers me because that's not our job. Our job is to love them until they, until they either will pray with us, until we can put our hands on them and pray for them, or until we can get them to say, wow, I wonder why her life is so filled with joy no matter what's going on. Maybe, maybe all this Jesus stuff has something going for it and start learning it. But I can't, I can't hit them or kick them or run over them with my car because they're not doing what I want them to do. And that's why I said with the lady, and you know, like the lady with this, with there were these people, too many of us become Christians who want to be stoning people. And none, and that was all I was saying is none of us is without Sure, sin. sure. Sure, God, can I come in here? Sorry. God sent five people for us to pray with, but we didn't have time to pray with them because we're too busy thinking about that guy down the street that we gotta whack him and be mean to him and call sure. him. I, and sure, sure. Let me, let me, let me come in. Sorry, sorry to stop you so abruptly. Mm-hmm. All these things you've said. I'm glad that we at least are on the page, on one important page. And that is, if the word of God says it, we believe it, we stand for it, we don't compromise, we're unashamedly in support of what God has said. Now, concerning the flip side, that is using my life or my own standards to judge someone else or to go out of my way to, quote, enforce the will of God on other people physically, that is a non-starter because we have the example of Jesus himself who had every right to do anything like that, who did not, okay? So we don't have to repeat that. Let's leave all that behind and let's move on. Let's no longer discuss what some Christians do, what some Christians don't do. Well, that's a distraction from the enemy because Mm -hmm. that's not gonna grow you or me. You and I know that there are all kinds of characters in the world. We, you and I know there are all kinds of people who claim to be Christians and are not, okay? So let's not worry about that. That's not our concern. Your concern and my concern is that you and I might grow spiritually 
and be stronger, to be able to be a person that is more like Jesus. Jesus wasn't always nice and smiling with everybody. If I recall, he actually took a whip and flogged people out of church physically. <laughs> okay, so let's understand that there is such a thing as righteous indignation. The apostle Peter got angry at the man and commanded the man to go blind. And the Bible says the man went blind right away. These guys were not playing. So I think we've spent quite a while this evening and you know our time's really up, but I'm gonna let Sister Liz continue because I stepped on you. And then if anybody else wants to say, but. I think we finally synthesized, you know, what we we're trying to get, you know, so I'll stop here. Okay, go ahead, Sister Liz. Um, it's just, it's just to me, I feel that Jesus, if we say we represent Jesus, we need to represent Jesus. And Jesus, I mean, even on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them. He didn't say, oh, forgive those two and maybe that one. And how about that one over there? He didn't say that. And if if we use Jesus as our measure, wow, we could be like that if we even thought about being that good, um, then we're not going to spend our time judging other people. And we can, yes, we can save somebody. You could have a much easier life if you would find Jesus. I mean, certainly they would. But, you know, um, to tell somebody to tell somebody you know what there's one thing that really bothers me in churches is that when they say how people dress it doesn't matter how they dress come to jesus and come and find the message and come and do whatever and 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 you know because god's not going to look down there and say what do you mean you want to have a better life and you want to find jesus no i don't like your clothes go change your clothes and do people go to church and usually like to wear certain kinds of clothes to work to church? Well, yes, they do. But you know what? That can't be the standard. Jesus will accept you if you wear our kind of clothes. And, you know, I think some of it is because I have been in churches that do those kind of things. Churches that, um, there, was, there was one church. The guy said, you know what, if you're so down and depressed and sad that you can't even get dressed, come here in your bathrobe or your pajamas and we'll give you hugs and we will we will help you find, you know, find your path again. And he said, because, you know, what kind of Christians are we if we're sitting here going, wow, look at that guy in his pajamas. And, you know, instead of saying, wow, he really needs us today. Brother you know, the yes, nice little grandmothers of Bible are probably a lot less likely to need Jesus than that person that comes in the door, you know, with 40 tattoos and earrings hanging out the sides of their ears and their nose and everything else. But if we give them the, oh, we're Christians, you stink, get out of our church. What, what, what are we, what message are we giving about Jesus? When you're perfect, then Jesus wants you. I don't think that's the message. And and I feel at this point in my life, I have to be really strong about that because when I'm telling people, find Jesus and find God and, you know, 
help your life and, and serve God. And they try to, and they get slapped all over the place by good Christians that, you know, that's, that's sad to me. I mean, I, I can't say it's anything but sad. And that's where I'm saying that I felt like in that Acts t- chapter 10, the man is saying, oh, I'm, this is clean and unclean and whatever. And, and, you know, he's being told, don't you say what's clean and unclean. That's God's business. That's Jesus' business, not yours. And that's the part I'm just saying is if, if all of us spend our time loving instead of looking to see pick some, pick that, you know, like is when he says, you want to pick that toothpick out of somebody else's eye, take a look at yourself. You got, you know, you're carrying around a telephone pole. And I think, I, I, I think that this really harms me because I, I really do think if people would just love Jesus and love God, they, they would have such amazing, more better lives. And each of us would have a better life. If you walked into church and you said, wow, look at all these lovely people that God created and what a great day and I'm grateful for them. Instead of walking into church and start looking around, hmm, oh, there's that woman. I saw her with the guy. I wonder if that was her boyfriend. If her <laughs> husband doesn't. And, but we do that. And we know. It. And, you know, that's the only part I'm saying is that when we start to say this behavior is bad or that behavior is bad, that's not our business. Our, the only thing we're here to say is God is complete love and Jesus will lead us back because most of us aren't there. And that's what I think Jesus' message was. Is, I have you know, to say something. God, God so, is love. Yeah. Well, in the Bible where, where it says, judge that ye not be judged. I can't remember Amen. the verse of the Bible. Uh, but it's somewhere in the Bible where we, we were told not to judge. Um, I think I think that mess. I think Acts is pretty clear. It just says um, the Gentiles. Um, Jesus basically sent um, Peter to speak to the Gentiles, and the the Gentiles. In the end, we we read there how you know the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in different languages, basically speaking in tongues because the Holy Spirit came upon them and the Holy Spirit did not turn away from them because they were Gentiles. So it's really pretty clear and that's our job as Christians is to go out to those Gentiles, not to um, um, really stick only to our own, the people we feel live by our standards. You know, our standard, not, yeah, it's pretty clear. Brother Mike, I, I have been listening, and one of the things that really came to my mind, this is Mom Logan, is I've had at least 22 major moves in different environments, uh, visited a lot of different churches, and met a lot of people. One of the things I found early in my life as a Christian was to keep your eyes on God and mm-hmm. off of people. You cannot judge Christians, people that call themselves Christians, all you can do is pray for them. You mm-hmm. cannot adjust your life to what 
they say or do, I feel that is a force of the enemy that keeps us going in circles, worrying about what this group says, that group says. The value of this meeting that we are in now for me is to be with like-minded people to know in different environments how to conduct myself as a Christian and to find if I have let down the, bar, the banner and if I do to have a group that prays for me and helps me get straight. I do not look at all of the he said, she says because those people are not gonna get you into heaven in the end. And I had an old grandmother Ed, that uh, was Methodist, and I mean, that's that was her watchword, so we even didn't talk about it because we didn't want to have to hear her story. But she says, keep your eyes on God and tell him what you want. And he, through your life, your walk, your talk, they will come to you. Uh, we don't want to spend our time swirling. And I really appreciate this group. I appreciate your stories. I appreciate your prayers, your loves. And I find sometimes I have to pull back from so-called Christians that swirl and talk so much and just pray. And it's interesting when I do venture out and pandemic helped this, they were so glad to see me because I learned over the years to have key things that I say and then tell them how much I love them, how much God loves them and that I'm going to pray for them. And I didn't have to listen to their swirl over and over again. Sometimes people are using you as therapy and you have to be able to know when to gently put them down in Jesus name. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I have, to, I have to second, second what you were saying, mom, that um, I think the point here, your mom used to say, you turn on the TV and you listen to a televangelist preach that you've never heard preach before. And if you start hearing him preaching things which are um, the opposite of what the Bible teaches, turn change the channel and don't go back there. And I think that that's what, what Titus is saying. Simply, very simple. If you're in a fellowship with somebody who is teaching something that is contrary to the word of God, and you tell them that that's not what the Bible says, that's, that's the opposite of what the Bible says, you tell them one time and the next time they do it again, don't go back to that fellowship because that fellowship is not going to be feeding you the truth. That's it. It's very simple. And, um, you know, like Brother Mike was saying, there's so many different fellowships out there, so many different groups of people, but we have a choice as to who we fellowship with and who we spend our time learning from. And it's not profitable to learn, try to learn from people that are, that are hell bent on speaking and doing, uh, teaching things that are not the word of God, that we just focus on the word of God and the teaching of the word of God, and we'll be fine. As far as non-believers go, the only thing we can do is encourage them, you know, bring them to bring them to Christ. That's it. And if they don't want to come, that's on them. 
End and of story. And give them the scripture and move right. on. Right. Right. And but we have to pray for one another so that the enemy doesn't use our goals and our zest for finding the lost and helping for them to put us in turmoil. That's the enemy's way of keeping us from moving forward. And I have had to step aside many times in our journey and all these corporate moves and finally the places that we've lived and give people distance in order to stay prayed up so that when the Lord wanted to use me, he could. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we're mean to them. We can, we can be loving to everyone, but we need to protect ourselves so that it's not doesn't become a media for tearing us down. That's it. Amen. Amen. Okay, I think we've had a really good fellowship today and um, maybe we can continue on the uh, WhatsApp group if, if need be. But I was hoping somebody can close us in prayer now. It's uh, 10 minutes before the hour. So anyone can close us in prayer. That'll be good. Did I hear Sister Gwendolyn? No, that, no, I think that, that was, was sister, uh, sister Danica. That, yes, I thought she that had was gone sister, away. No, no, Danica and Connor are still sitting here. Danica just oh. asked me if she was finished with her breakfast. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I'll sister Gwendolyn? Okay, somebody. good. Okay, well, that's right. I haven't heard Sister Belly's voice today. I, I just spoke. Oh, okay. Where's the rest of my family? <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I, in a way, understand where Liz is coming from because I remember being exactly a victim of that so many times. Oh, yes. Among, among Christians when I was in school. And even now, sometimes, you know, sometimes people expect you to act a certain way. And they judge you for not acting exactly that way as a Christian. And I've, and I have to have had to say to people so many times that being a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect and you don't, you know, you, you're agreeable to everything. Now, sometimes Christians also have an opinion, and um, it might not be along the lines of what your your standard, what you regard as, as. Um, um, the standard that everyone should follow. Um, and, you know, it's just um, a personal real life. Had, I've asked questions along these lines so many times before, and I've come to accept that what Mike, like Brother Mike explained some time ago, what your conscience tells you is the right thing to do might not be what someone else's conscience tells them is the right thing to do. So... Mm -hmm. It's really based on your personal relationship with God. And it's different. Um, the way God relates to me will be different from the way God relates to um, Logan, will be different from the way God relates to Sister Liz or, or Sister Kay or Brother Mike. And so we don't, we don't all have exactly the same standard that we must all follow. I can hear you. 
I pray a lot for Sister Liz because she's in the trenches and she is out there with the people that really need the Lord. But I think sometimes that while she's out there, she needs to call upon the Lord to trigger the saints to pray her strength. And so, because sometimes people that are down and out want to stay that way and they want to pull you down by using a word like you Christians or anything to get you set off. And you have to realize that's a hook of the devil. And you can say, all I know is my Bible says this, that, and the other. I love you. God loves you. I'm going to pray for you and move on. Because there's somebody waiting for that message. You can reach another 10 people while you're going around and around with somebody that really doesn't want to hear anything that day. And that's when, when Liz comes to my mind, I pray so fervently for her. Because she is in the trenches. I used to be in social services and I was in the trenches. And I used to tell people, if you think of me, pray. Because hmm. that's what I need. Uh, I thank you, and I, I think I think part of this was, you know, Brother Mike had asked me to read Chapter Ten and see the things that poked out at me, and just one of the big ones is where it says, um, you know, God has made it clear to me that no one should call any man impure or unclean. And he, then he goes on to talk about that's why he came, even though the person isn't, isn't of his religion or isn't of his beliefs. And, but, um, but I think he made, he, when he says God made it clear to me, I mean, God, to me, God is locked in his brain. God created every single one of us. And if we stray, it breaks his heart. And I work with criminals. I don't do social services. I work with criminals. And I said to myself, what good does it do to go teaching, you know, teaching people who don't do anything bad stuff? You got to teach the bad people to stop being bad. And, and then, you know, and, and yes, it's a, I, I go in the door anytime I'm going to work or if I go to the store and, and meet someone in the parking lot that just comes up and I start talking to them and we pray together. I always pray to God because, and I, I admit it, I haven't got the slightest idea what to tell them. So I just pray to God, give me some words that will help this person come towards healing. And I don't think I do anything. I just, you know, help them see that gate. There's a gate there, go through it. And it's that easy. But, and that's how he's using you. That's your service. It's yes, your ministry. Drug addicts and robbers and murderers and all the people that I have to work with. You know what? There's the other side of the gossip. I mean, gossiping is one of the worst things that I ever hear about is gossiping. To me, it just, it crushes people. It ruins communities. It's ruined our country. Um, you know, the world is constantly talking all this gossip. Well, they have this bomb and they have that. We don't know any of that. They're making it all up. You know, <laughs> right now, right, right now, everybody is just barely squeezing through this horrible world pandemic that scientists told us. 
for 40 or 50 years. You can't keep traveling like that without doing something about disease. Pretty soon or later, it's going to start traveling around the world. Yes, and this isn't the first time. But well, that's learning. when we have to have to look at it and say, Lord, put me in your service today and help me through. That's about all you can do. Yes, and the Bible itself says don't gossip. So can we pray out? Uh so I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, you can order, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online menu channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons, hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook, or you're watching through some of the videos like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you, or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you, hit that like button, okay? Hit that like button, it matters to us, okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing. You know, by watching our videos, 